Hello, valued listener. Just a quick note before this podcast begins. Our sound guy had to move to the US, and so we're playing around with a couple of new sound builds. Uh, They are a bit rougher than our usual quality of sound. However, it does get better as time goes on. Just be aware that the second half of this episode in particular, the part where we talk about after we've watched this, is a little bit not up to our usual standard, and we apologize for that. It's still very listenable, but it should be fine. Uh, Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. birthday but at least i still have foreign cinema i'm goldie and i'm painting a portrait of a lady on fire yes and today we are diving into the handmaiden the 2016 korean film not the handmaid's tale just to clarify because i suspect due to keywords we're probably going to get a lot of people who are fans of the show clicking on this to start with please stay if you are thank you yeah. um, so this is this will be interesting either way this is very similar in a lot of ways and so some ways so you might find it still useful yeah so um it's about handmaidens it's about handmaidens but in, and they have a tale and they do have a t- <laughs> this is a tale involving a handmaiden <laughs> Amazing. So you're already in. Yes. Well, you might already as well stay. In. You know already what's going on. Uh, so let me get started with the notes that I was meant to have out in the beginning of this podcast. But so this is a movie, uh, a Korean movie, of course, from 2016. Mm-hmm. It is Korean language. South Korean? Um, South Korean, not North Korean, because there was no, surprisingly Korean, hard to get right? movies out of that country. Surprisingly hard to make movies in North Korea yes, as well. in North Korea as well. So this is a, it's a movie by Park Chan-wok who um, is probably the most, with the exception, now there's been Parasite's director, but before him, he was probably the most well-known Korea director outside of Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's done Old Boy, mm-hmm. uh, and he's done um, Snowpiercer, yeah, among others, many others that are also very good. Okay, but, so um, I've seen Old Boy and Snowpiercer. Yes. They're both... Really fucking weird. Yes. Is this on the same? I would say that this is similar. Yeah, this is um, this goes places mm-hmm. in a similar way to Old Boy. This is closer to Old Boy than it is Snowpiercer because Snowpiercer has a bit of a fantasy, sort of a fantasy kind of thing because it's science like fiction. here's a huge fucking train oh, sort yeah, of I thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get it's science fiction, but you know what I mean. It's a bit more. I don't mean fantasy is in Dungeons and Dragons. I mean more it's. It's based in a certain, a certain level of unrealism to Snowpiercer right. because they have a train which circumnavigates the globe. It was science fiction. Yes. Snowpiercer um, was science yeah. fiction. I guess. Yeah, whatever. Okay, cool. So it's um, so this is based off a book called Fingersmith by Sarah Waters. Um, the original book was set in Victorian England and it follows roughly the same theme and story arc. Mm-hmm. But this is a liberal interpretation of that. So what this movie is about... It's set in Japanese-occupied Korea. So in um, don't know much about that. Yeah. So in the I believe yeah they had a bad time. Yeah, I believe it was the early 19th century. I might be wrong about this. Um, so please 
So Korea was occupied by Japan. Mm. They had a very bad time, spoiler alert. Yeah, I um, So it was... Japan, uh, <laughs> there's, Japan's occupied a lot of places and, and a lot of times didn't have a good time. No. Uh, as a general rule, if one country occupies another country, the country being occupied tends not to have a great time. Unless it's my country. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> unless I'm the one occupying. Yeah, it's so, so um, as a general rule, yeah, so that's what's going on. So this is set, rather than Victorian England, this is set then. Um, and basically the general gist of the story is very wealthy heiress. This is, I'm only going to give you the first layer, okay? right? Because I want you to discover this for your, if I tell you everything that happens in this, firstly, that's a bit of a shit way to start this yeah, introduction. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And secondly, I do want you to discover a little bit of how, where this goes itself. But okay. basically the blurb is, so there's a wealthy heiress to a huge fortune who is, um, if she does not marry, it goes to her uncle. Mm-hmm. So a couple of kind of raggedy street urchin sort of thieving con artist people who are kind of like a bunch of found family, mm-hmm. like just a bunch of orphans and that who have kind of conglomerated together and they're a little bit Charles Dickens, like, ah, oh, we're the oogly boogly boys and we're yeah. coming to get you. Right. Um, but a bit more high class than that. They concoct a scam. Their ringleader, who's a guy enlists the second oldest um, woman to be like, you're going to be the handmaiden, huh? uh, mm-hmm. looking directly into the camera, um, of this wealthy heiress. And you are going to, I am going to pretend to be a high-class Japanese nobility. And you are going to convince her to fall in love with me so we can get married and swindle her out of her fortune and we're all set. Mm-hmm. That's I've the I've seen this story somewhere yes, before. That's the original plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens where if the handmaiden were to accidentally fall in love with the heiress herself? <laughs> the scandal. And then that is one layer. You might think that is the entire movie. You are okay. going to be surprised. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, from what I've, a friend of mine was talking to me about this last yes. night and... Uh, that is what I'd generally heard of this, uh, and that's similar to what uh, goes on in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which yes. I have seen. Um, I was not aware of deeper, deep layers of this shit that you're this applying. This goes places. So this is not just... This movie has a lot of themes. Mm-hmm. Those themes are like... Um, so there's patriarchy, mm-hmm. imperialism, and general just various levels of Powerful people over not powerful people. Right. Japanese people over Korean people, Wait, men so over women. So the heiress kind of is Japanese. I believe so. I might be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. I watched this in the cinema when it first came out in 2016. I have not seen it since. I'll be watching it on my specially purchased almost $70 Blu-ray God. because that they did not make very many of those. Mm-hmm. In it. They, I had to ship it from Korea. Right. Um, so it's... <laughs> uh, um, so it's... Uh, I, that's how much I liked this. I was like, I need to own this movie mm-hmm. in a day and age where people don't own movies anymore. So um, it's it's very much... Yeah, so I guess theme-wise, there's a lot about eroticism, both mm-hmm. positive and negative. Mm-hmm. So there's Sounds a lot like of... like a movie I can watch with my mum. Yes. Your mum. I was thinking this on the yesterday. I was like, Claire's mum will fucking love this movie. <laughs> right? Uh, I think she will be scandalized in the best possible way. (laughs) 
And I mean, your mum seems like someone who likes being scandalized a little bit. Yeah, she does. Yeah, nowadays, like she likes things that challenge. And mm-hmm. um, your mum is also quite homoerotic nowadays in a weird way that I can't quite put my finger on. So I think she I might- Claire's mum if you're listening. Yes, I Claire's <laughs> mum if you are listening. Um, but I guess, I'll just, I don't know. Erotic in general, possibly, she seems to be having a second wind. Um, weird thing to say on a podcast. Maybe we'll edit that one out. <laughs> um, so it's- um, <laughs> But let's, uh, so yeah, well, you maybe know what they say about the Welsh, you do know Absolute what they say, about. filth, yes. But your mum will, I think your mum will like this. Um, it's, I have tried to get this, me and some friends. Did you lose your headphones? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Just fucking all right. Um, but yeah, so as long as it's recording, um, the. I've been trying to get this. Me and my friends do a movie night quite regularly, and I've been trying to make this a movie that we watch. And there's been a very strong pushback because everyone's prudes now. It's um, I think there's just to be fair, this is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I will say up front, if you are triggered by sexual violence, you will not like this movie. Mm-hmm. This is not. It is not only that there is a lot of very nice. Like it explores both sides of it. Mm-hmm. There's how. It put in some pairings and relationships it's presented as a very lovely thing, and in others it's presented as very much a power thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it's very, um, there's a lot of nuance here to dissect, and this goes places as it very quickly becomes evident that there is, there's a lot more to the the dynamics that are going on here than just more than meets the than this silly more little love triangle possible thing mm-hmm. if that makes sense not really a love triangle but yeah um so there's a lot happening uh it's beautifully filmed mm-hmm. like this looks gorgeous absolutely gorgeous uh it's very well acted there is some very full-on sex scenes both straight and lesbian uh particularly mm-hmm. lesbian um this has been given some criticism because <laughs> um there's Film has yet to show lesbian sex as it usually occurs because usually it's quite aesthetically pleasing, which is not usually very enjoyable, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. This has been criticized as that, um, but there's also been people saying, ah, it's they're also kind of lesbians figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, um, (laughs) how do you want to kind of look at it? I have heard that when when filming this in particular... Uh, there was a lot of care and respect put uh, when when filming the female sex scenes. Yes, uh, like uh, there were no males allowed on set that day. Yeah. It was at everyone's pace. Everyone was kept on board at all times. Like there was a lot yes. of specific care yeah. taken in that. Park process. strikes me as a very good person. Mm-hmm. It's not often a lot of good directors are dickheads. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too much Kubrick. of a generalization. Uh, Kubrick, Tarantino. Um, there's a lot of directors, especially with the whole Me Too movement coming out, where you've seen a lot of directors tend to take the piss a bit when it comes to power and that sort of thing. Mm. Park never... I haven't heard anything that suggests Park is like that, which is great. Um, The worst thing I've heard is... Which isn't really a reflection on him. In Old Boy, the character eats an octopus. Oh, that was pretty bad. He eats a legitimate live octopus. um, Mm. And that could probably have been different. But that's probably the worst thing I've heard. I gotta say, that's pretty bad. The, the main actor who, who ate that octopus was a vegan Buddhist. And Jesus fuck. Christ. Yeah, so that was rough. Um, Apparently octopus are thought to be sentient yes, as well. So, um, it's real fucked up. It is real fucked up. Didn't they eat multiple octopus? Yeah, they needed to do the take three times. Oh, God. You wouldn't think... I wouldn't yeah. do... I wouldn't have done that. But that's... um. 
Yeah. Prosthetics, something. Figure you could have. Yeah, you could have figured, figured that out. That out. Um, Jesus Christ. But as a general rule, he seems like a reasonably respectful dude who doesn't demand crazy things from his stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, except for, for that one very octopus. big exception. Yeah, except for um, that one where he ate a live octopus. I do think the actor did also kind of be like. Nah, it has to be live kind of thing. I don't know, but that might be false. Um, That's not very Buddhist or vegan no, of him at all. I don't all. know. It's very, um, it was full on. Mm. So, but as a general rule, this uh, Korean cinema is very interesting because South Korea as a culture is probably one of the most Western Asian countries out there. Mm-hmm. And they tend to produce media, which is very accessible to Western audiences more so, we spoke a bit about with Macross how there's like some cultural stuff that gets in the way of anime sometimes. Yep. Um, and like Japanese movies and that kind of thing. And it's similar. A lot of other movies have a similar thing. Like Chinese movies tend to be very hammy. Mm-hmm. Like um, they ham it up a lot. I don't know if I've ever seen a Chinese movie. Uh, oh. I have a couple I could introduce you to. Is um, is is Kung Fu Hustle Chinese or is that? I think Kung Fu Hustle might be Chinese. It might also be Japanese. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's Japanese. No, it might be Chinese then. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle is a notable exception, I think. But even then, they tend to ham it up a fair bit. Um, yep. And that's not bad. It's just it pr- it presents a barrier, mm-hmm. you know, to entry. If yeah. you're, you need to kind of learn to appreciate different nuances of the cinema. Well, there's the famous thing about Bollywood cinema as well as being a crazy uh, sort of outlandish thing and people not being able to take it seriously and and how a Bollywood film will go through eight genres throughout the same film. I watched a Bollywood movie recently. It was so good. Yeah, Mm. Bollywood is great. I I need to do Bahubali, even though you guys have seen it at some Mm -hmm. point because that's just worth talking about in a podcast, I think. But But um, yeah, there can be barriers to different different cultural films and you need to... Some are better at overcoming it than others. Yes, and South Korea is getting a lot more notice since Parasite came out mm-hmm. because its cinema scene is very rich, mm-hmm. very rich. Um, and there's a lot of very good South Korean films. Uh, and I think this is probably a good introduction to one of the better ones, I would say. Is this the most accessible one? Uh, I don't know about that. I would probably start with Old Boy. If you're you're saying that. Old Boy is the most accessible? If you're looking at this guy's work. Jesus Christ. It depends on what you're into. If you're okay with... If you're squeamish about sexual stuff, but not about violence, start with Old Boy. Um, if you're squeamish about violence, but not so much sexual stuff, then this is probably easier. It depends. If you're into... In, if you're... If you're a girl, you'll probably like this one more because this one's a bit more about the relationship tension, whereas mm-hmm. Old Boy is like, look, the most fucked up man in existence mm-hmm. as he kills people with a hammer. Um, so, uh, Who's the director of The Handmaiden again? Park Wo Chong, I believe okay. is um, how you pronounce it. Uh, all right, I'm just going to run. Because the, the, one of the Korean films that I've seen is The Host uh, from 2006. Was That's not Park. Film. That's yeah, something else. Yeah, this the is Host is also a good start. Um, there's lots of good starts out there. The Host has got... This at uh, the same actor from Snowpiercer. That's how I got the link. Yes. Yeah. Got one symbols. Um, so it's, yeah, look, I don't want to go too much into the plot of this, mm-hmm. but I've given you the rough themes. So it's yeah, eroticism um, in, in all of its forms mm-hmm. and how it can be used as a weapon and as a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I would like to point out it has been a while since I've seen this. 
I am going, I read a brief summary of the plot to remind myself for the purposes of this discussion. Mm-hmm. But if I am wrong about this, sorry. Uh, so but yep. that's the general idea. There's a lot of patriarchy, imperialism, kind of chauvinist stuff mm-hmm. um, in different ways. Like there's lots of male characters that represent the different aspects of chauvinism mm-hmm. in like varying levels of bad, if that makes sense. Yep. Like they're all kind of bad, but they're in a different way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like some are too paternal and condescending. Yeah. Some are kind of just so entitled that they don't, it doesn't occur to them that the women in this story have a an opinion, if that makes yeah. sense. And some are very maliciously oppressive. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, there's lots of different stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, this wouldn't be the first time that we've uh, done a podcast on something uh, that one of us has experienced years ago and gets wildly wrong. The Asimov one, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was just going to be about robots Except being robots. Except this one, I'm going to let you know, <laughs> is going to go places like that did. I'm yeah, not going to tell you where they go. I, I was a poor navigator for that one. I did, <laughs> not, I did not give warning as to where that was going to fucking no, go. But I'm giving this one. This yep. is a very full-on movie in yep. general. If you're not in, it's also long. Mm-hmm. This is over two hours long. Um, and if you're not, if you're like a Michael Bay film enjoyer, and I'm not judging that, but if that's kind of your pace of movie, you're probably not gonna. Yeah, this will be well the with this. This is not high paced action. This is. I will point out. This is. I would say this is a severe film. It's very emotional, mm-hmm. but it is also very funny. Park is good at putting dark humor throughout his movie for a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And so there are funny bits in this. There are moments of levity, thankfully. Cool. This isn't a two-hour, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate um, that. But there's this movie has moments of tension, which I would say, I don't know if I'm saying this up to be too much of a, to fail because to our expectations, some of the tension in this approach is hereditary. Oh, in terms of how it gets, it's not the same kind of tension, right. but it's like there are moments of this, there are scenes of dread here mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh God, like this mm-hmm. isn't going well. And there are also scenes of like, hooray. So it's very mm-hmm. much like a up and down. There's one particular scene. You'll know it. You'll know it. Oh boy. There's one particular scene in this where it literally made me and everyone else in the studio vocalize in various ways mm. um like i remember i went oh god like legitimately like um Ugh. and sarah went like next to me and someone else in the cinema was like oh like just uh. very different responses elicited by it. you will know it because you will do it as well i guarantee okay. it you well, will go like oh god right, <laughs> when so this when we return, comes up when we return we will we will tell I'll you what you our know, vocalization i will are. let you know i want to know if you do pick it because I right. think you'll know it. And that's going to be a challenge I'm going to set you guys and the mm-hmm. people at home. See if you can pick the scene where that happens for me. Right. Um, it is, yeah, it's a lot. All right. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. Right. Any questions? Ready, then. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm good to go. Claire, you good to go? Yeah, I better brace myself. Or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you will like this. Okay. I think you'll both like this for different mm-hmm. reasons. I think you'll definitely have something to talk about even if you don't necessarily like like it. Yep. I think it will, as any good art should, this will make you feel. Okay. Good. One way or another. You will not be bored watching this. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, I reckon you will. Oh, but, uh, yeah. And so quick question. So you mentioned that uh, the top layer of this film is yes. uh, that little yes. sort of love triangle bit because yeah. of the scam. Yeah. Uh, and you also said that this is based off of a novel set in Victorian yeah. England. Uh, when was the novel 
Uh, was it? Is this like a modern novel? It's like a modern by? novel. It okay. was written in the early two thousands. And so, does the novel have the similar like layers? I don't know. Is that more I haven't. I haven't experienced okay. much of that. It is the loose idea of handmaiden trying to manipulate falls in love. Kind of. It's from my from what I understand. It's a similar idea of it's kind of a bit of a forbidden lesbian thing. Yep. But um, I don't know too much about the book, so I can't okay, tell sure. you. Um, but yeah, I might go look for it um, after we watch this, possibly, and we'll mm-hmm. find out. But yeah, all right, cool. So this is a pretty straightforward one. We're watching The Handmaiden. It is the movie. I don't think I've given you any particular special edition mm-hmm. um, because it's already pretty long. Um, yeah, it's we're just we're watching it. It's two and a half hours. Go watch it, and then come back. We'll talk and we'll, to us and we'll discuss. Listen to us, debrief. Listen to us tell you what we thought and how we were right and you were wrong. Yes, yes pretty much. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yep. Yee. That's that's hyperfixate unit. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. Funny jokes. All right, cool. And we're back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. How are we feeling about that? About that tale of the handmaiden. I didn't get to watch this with my mom, but honestly, I th- I'm a little bit relieved because that even for me that was a bit much. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a full-on movie, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. I still like her to see it though. I think she'd enjoy it. Mm. I just I just don't know about watching it with her. Yeah, <laughs> or, or all of it with her. It was a lot, um, for sure. Yeah, I don't think it hit me quite as hard the second time. So I don't know if it's like a shock thing at first. What did you think, Goldie? I liked that it had a happy ending. That That's really what saved yeah, it for I me. Was, I was surprised how happy the <clears throat> ending was. I did not see that coming. It's definitely not old boy. <laughs> which yeah, because yeah, like, knowing, well, given, knowing what else the director had made and also given what you said about it, I was expecting this to like end atrociously, but it was actually no. like, Quite wholesome. That's something I think I forgot to mention at the beginning because that is something I wanted to possibly bring up is like, a, at least this does end well at the very least for everybody. It's everything that happens to everybody is awful, but at least it ends well, hmm. which is something. It's not all awful. They have some pretty happy times. Yeah. That you don't want to watch with your parents. No, you don't. You also don't want to watch that <laughs> with your parents. I was wondering about that. Um, what it would be like to watch some of those sex scenes with your mum. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No. Uh. I mean, I, I, like, I watch sex scenes with my mum, but they're not like, you know, like, you know, kind of zooming in on the action kind of thing. The, the reverse crotch shot, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, um, it was... Uh, it was definitely very hot and bothery. It was very hot and bothery. <laughs> this was a very hot yes. and bothered movie in general. <laughs> this is a very horny movie. So, yeah. Indeed. I mean, it was, that's pretty much almost the entire point of it. Yes, it is. It was... It reminded me of... um, Not quite the same, but it was quite happier. But it reminded me a little bit of Quills. I was going to say, I was wondering if you got Quills vibes from it. Quills is a movie I have seen with my mom. She enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the the whole plot with the um, because the, the whole thing with the 
uncle, he was a bit of a Marquis de Sade kind of character. Well, he references. Um, yeah, at one point. At one point, uh, in a very pretentious way. Um, Goldie, you said you were glad it ended well. It ended happily, which suggests that you're not so glad with the rest of it. Do you, would you like to elaborate? Oh, uh, like, well, do we want to go through it, like, do the plot summary and stuff before we get Let's into? Let's do the plot summary. Yeah. That's a good idea. Okay, <coughs> so I'll run through. This is going to be very complicated to explain in a purely audio format, but I'm going to give everyone at home the rough gist of it. So we've got Suki, Suki. Suki? Suki. Suki. We have Suki, who is... I remember that name well because it sounds like a character, a name that could have also been applied to a, um, like a Cockney uh, uh, character. Yeah. Well, hello, Mr. Um, Suki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's... <laughs> that was a terrible Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah. It was. I think um, that that name comes from... Because the character's name of the book is... Uh, Susan, who is nicknamed something like that. So it's, mm. I think that's the closest thing they could get while still being kind of Korean, I think. Um, so anyway, so she's just like a street urchin kind of lives in a household of orphans who steal and scam and all that kind of shit. And then one day they get approached by Duke, quote unquote, which is not his real name, but that's kind of a nickname who is another scoundrel who kind of mixes with high society. And then he formulates a plot where he would like to marry the heiress of this huge fortune. Uh, and to do that, he would he wants her handmaiden, he wants Suki to, Suki to be her handmaiden so that they can... So that she can kind of push her in the right direction towards marrying him, after which I'll lock her in a mental institution and kind of go from there. Um, that's the first layer. Hmm. Uh, and that is almost effectively what happens for the first layer, right up in, except the complicating factors are that Suki and the heiress fall in love um, and start fucking, <laughs> uh, which complicates matters significantly. Um, she... And also, at the end, it's Suki who gets put in a mental institution, not the heiress. And that's the first layer. And then we go down to the second layer, which is actually that Duke and the heiress have been in on this all along and are actually formulating a plot to make her escape her massively perverted uncle who makes her read erotic fan fiction, effectively, to a group of wealthy men um, in a very pretentious kind of way and generally just uses her as a bit of a sexual proxy for him. Um, and so she wants to escape that because he's horribly abusive and he's not a very nice person. And he also uh, convinced her aunt to kill herself by making her... No, I think he just thing. straight up killed her. No, she killed herself. No, they, Yeah, there was something in it. Um, hmm? No, because he, he took her to the basement and said, if um, you run away, I'll do to you what... I did to your aunt. And there was yes, something so. when uh, when the aunt was hanging, uh, someone like there was something of like she couldn't have hung herself because of there was some reason like it, the rope was tied the wrong way or something. She didn't shit herself. Yeah, she, yeah, she didn't shit herself, that and, was, and, and uh, something yeah. happened, which implied she hadn't died by hanging. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think kind of yeah. All right, that's a good layer that I missed there. But anyway, cool. But anyway, she's dead. 
And um, so she's trying to escape the same fate. Um, I'll get to the basement in a moment when that becomes relevant. Yeah, the, so, that was um, kind of the movie's thing as well. Of like, we'll get to the basement, and the whole movie, I'm like, it, it's obviously something horrible, but like, I thought it would be more prominent for what it's sort of building up to be, and eventually happens. Like, oh yeah, all right. But like, it was such a small interest, part of the what movie. What did you think happened in the basement? Uh, cutting off genitals and a whole bunch of no, shit. No, that's not what happened in the basement. <laughs> no, there definitely was cutting off genitals. There was involved. definitely cutting off genitals involved, right? Um, and um, like fucking an octopus. I mean, and pickling them. There was that giant octopus in the tank as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I that suspect was... is what actually killed her. Um, but yeah. Can an octopus kill that's... someone? What a way to go. Yeah, it could. Uh, octopuses are freakishly strong, especially when they're as big as that one. That one. Well, it could drown you. It could also drown you. Yeah, yes. Okay. Which is That's... kind of where I'm going with that now. So anyway, look. So that all goes on. Um, but I guess Lady falls in love with Suki for real. Um, but kind of. So everyone's kind of got their. Everyone thinks that they're fooling the other, but no one oh, you missed really the part. is. <laughs> you missed the bit about why the lady wanted Suki in the first place. Um, what was that? Tell me. It's because she wanted to put Suki in the madhouse at, yes. under her name, so her uncle would think that she was yes, like locked away. Yeah, yeah. This was okay, she was cool. the fall guy, so that that would allow yeah. the the heiress to disappear uh, and not to have disappear. not have the the count whatever the guy the lord's samurai Dude. come and look for him. The count. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, him, him. Okay, so so that's that layer, and then there's a third layer, which is that. Um, Suki and the lady have both decided to double cross again. So there's like three layers of double crossing going on here. And they actually have a plan to escape. So what happens is Suki manages to escape the madhouse with the help of her ragtag group of orphans. Um, and then they, they effectively throw Duke back to the uncle to be various the levels of castrated and finger lost and all that kind of thing. Um, Duke manages to kill the uncle, though, with a mercury cigarette, which was kind of cool. Um, and so they all die. They take each other out. Yeah, Yeah, they they really do take each other out. And then, um, Suki and the lady manage to board a boat to China, where it's implied they will be able to escape everything with their fortune intact as well. So they are not only... the Second World War starts. I thought they were going to Japan. No, they they were in Japan. They were going to Shanghai. I thought they were in Korea. Are they in... No, they at that point they were in Japan. This is the tricky part. Yeah. Oh. Is that um when the marriage takes place, it takes place in Japan. Oh, so yeah, when they yeah, flee yeah. Korea, they get on a they travel to Japan. But you don't see that happen too much, so I can understand you missing that. Yeah, because they were in like a Shinto sort of uh uh marriage ceremony thing. Yeah, no, I, I yes. do remember that. Yeah. So they're in Japan. Um and they flee Japan because they can't go back to Korea. Hmm. Uh, well, they probably could because Uncle dies, but they don't know that, I guess. So hmm. they go to Shanghai instead, which is honestly just as good. Shanghai is pretty cool. Yep. Anyway, it ends with them fucking on a boat. It does end with them fucking on a boat. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's very, very wholesome ending. Yes. Hmm. So that's pretty much the gist of it all. So, like, um, I took a little bit... If you bit got of... lost in that, look up Wikipedia. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, so, I go took ahead, a Goldie. handful of notes and then very quickly stopped. Um, but, like, uh, <laughs> starting to watch the film, shout out to the one and a half minutes, full minutes of studio credits of just all of these different studio titles coming up. I'm like, come on, guys, hurry it up. 
I'm I'm here I'm here for some fucked up uh lesbian psychodrama. Uh I there's so many studio credits. Um but uh yeah, I liked that it uh did have a happy ending. Um uh I think I had actually seen this film before. A mate of mine has told me a whole bunch about this movie and when like a lot of the big plot moments were coming up, um they like I was remembering them as it happened. Uh, so I think I have actually watched this film with uh, with them before. Uh, it didn't exactly spoil it for me. I still had a great time, and I couldn't have told you uh, what was going to happen before it happened. But I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that fits." Um, uh, okay, yeah. I'm getting the impression you didn't like something about this, Goldie, and you're being very nice about it. What was going on? Like, I'm I'm not being as nice as I was about uh, the knife. Uh, it's not quite my thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, it's not quite my thing, uh, just of, uh, this kind of thriller. Um, it's not that I didn't like it, it's just I wasn't as interested. Um, I did like the various levels of scheming, um, and from my reading of it, uh, so the first lesbian sex scene between the heiress and Suki, um, I sort of read it as, uh, the heiress is... I wasn't sure how honest she was being uh, and if she was just like egging on she's like aha this is all part of my scheme to lull her into a false sense of security and then lock her in the mansion and Suki is like oh I guess she's just really this oblivious I guess I just gotta keep going um, until she tells me to stop Uh, I'm loving this but like it seemed like neither of them knew what was going on at the time (laughs) and they're both like in their heads sort of Jojo scheming against each other it's like uh, the heiress is like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it doing this. And Suki's like, oh, I, like, as soon as she tells me to stop, I'm scampering away because, of course, being caught with an heiress doing this, oh, oh, gosh, but I'm loving this. So if she's down with it, then I guess I'm good. Um, yeah, very accurate of everyone's first homosexual experience, really. <laughs> yeah, like... Various levels of JoJo scheming. <laughs> like, it's like both of them... The both of them in the back of their head yeah. are like, okay, like, while they're like deep in each other. They're like, okay, but does she actually like me, though? I got the impression it wasn't Suki's first homosexual experience. Uh, no, yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And the the heiress just read a lot of books. She, <laughs> she did. Had the, uh, uh, she had the modern um, fangirls training. <laughs> she did. She absolutely did. Um, so... And a part of this story, which I don't think I emphasized enough there, was how much, like, fucked up erotica gets read in this. Because the uncle's whole thing is he collects erotic books, vintage erotic books from throughout history. um, And, yeah, then gets them read in these high-profile things where he auctions them off. If the uncle wasn't, like, didn't murder people and pickle their um, genitals and wasn't abusing his niece in a kind of incestuous way. I think it would have been a cool person to hang out with. Hmm. <laughs> okay. That's a hell of a... Yeah, except for all of the bad bits. Of like his, his passion it's... of pornography is quite fascinating and quite interesting. <laughs> Unfortunately, he just picked the most fucked up way about oh. it you can possibly go. <laughs> the most emotionally and he also, abusive he also, Yeah, and he also um, sold out Korea to the Japanese. I've got that part. Yeah, yeah. You know. he, was, he was a weird kind of... He had a weird kind of Korean cultural cringe thing going on. and he, He's a weeboo, but not a white... Per- what, what do you call... Can you still be a weeboo if you're not white? I think so. 
Yeah, um, I guess you can. It's just a I target, just... really, not the source. Yeah. I guess white people tend to be the big weeaboos, but I imagine there's probably... Well, I guess because we're in Australia, I don't think I meet very many people who are who are not white weeaboos, so I guess that's that I will find out. But yeah, he was a big weeaboo. Um, he was immensely emotionally manipulative and abusive, so I'm not entirely sure I would be keen to hang out with him. His interest in pornography is cool, but yeah, I wish he wasn't... I wish he didn't, like, get an octopus to rape someone. That would have been great. <laughs> I'm saying besides that part. Okay, besides all that part. <laughs> if we remove yeah. all the bad parts of this character, they're a very nice person. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think um, something that... Uh, like, he had a cool aesthetic. Yeah, he did have a cool aesthetic. I think something that... Yeah, the gloves. Uh, a reason why this film, like, uh, wasn't a super favourite of mine is just because I've got this weird thing with uh, romance and sex scenes in movies... Uh, in that when characters are having this beautiful, intimate, touching moment together, I do legitimately sort of avert my eyes. of like, oh, I don't want to uh, invade their privacy. Like, they're having a lovely time. Like, I'd be like the sort of mother character. Like, oh, you two have fun. I'll I'll be in the other room. If you need anything, just give, give a knock. And like, they're having this beautiful moment together. And I don't want to sit there just staring at them. <laughs> it's this weird okay. thing I have in my head for this sort of stuff. Alright, so not very comfortable with that. In that case, yes, this movie would not be very good for you. Because it's a lot of that. Like The sex scenes just get more intense as it goes on. Yeah, and like, hey, yeah. they're good sex scenes. Um, I remember hearing, uh, again from my mate, that uh, there was a lot of care uh, put in when filming these with the actors um, to make sure that uh, like everyone was comfortable with what was going on on set. Uh, nobody who didn't have to be on set... Uh, was there um they like took it very slowly and like very respectfully to uh, allow these actresses to do this incredibly intimate uh thing on screen yeah it's um definitely i don't know if either of these two actresses actresses are in any way homoerotically inclined i don't that legitimately mean i don't know um, it'd be interesting. They didn't seem like they didn't get any vibe that they were uncomfortable shooting. Yes, it, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But that doesn't also mean that they have to be. They could also just be very professional. Hmm. Um, yeah. I guess that's kind of the point of being an actor, isn't it? But like, that that is theoretically so. Yes, theoretically, yes. So I hope yeah. the octopus in this movie had a better time than the octopus they used for Old Boy. I doubt they ate it alive. So. <laughs> Uh, it probably did, yeah. What I'm getting from this is time. I don't want to watch Old Boy. Old Boy um, <laughs> is... I don't know if Old Boy would be up your alley, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, how are you with um, intense violence? And I don't mean over-the-top, it's funny violence. I mean violence. Like, how do you do with that? Uh, I'm going to shout out and say not a fan. <laughs> okay, in that case, you're not going to like Old Boy. Because replace sex with violence and... Like, you've got a similar tone mm. in a lot of ways. Yep, uh, but I'll... there is still lots of weird sex in Old Boy. Oh it boy. seems to be a bit of a theme. I was expecting this movie to be a lot more violent. And just a lot more traumatizing in general. And it ended up being just a mostly a happy time. For the most part. <laughs> Which is... Yeah, well, I, I found this movie quite wholesome. Maybe it's because you set me up to think it was going to be really traumatizing. Yes. But... Because it wasn't as traumatizing as I was expecting, the vibe for me came out being like just really happy. Yep. I'm, and lovely. I'm getting the impression that if I overshot, um, 
I'm kind of, at first I regretted overshooting how bad this would be, because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. But then it kind of occurred to me, I would prefer to overshoot it and have you be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And undershoot it and have you be horribly, horribly... Definitely the preferable option. <laughs> unprepared for it all. So yeah, it's not that bad, but it's pretty intense at times. Uh, so for all of the, uh, again, for all of the character flaws that the Duke has, something that was very uh, pretty cool that he does was... Uh, he's like, hey, can I smoke? Yeah, sure. Pulls out a piece of paper, quickly freehands some hentai, stuffs it full of tobacco, rolls it up, smokes it. That was <laughs> yeah. the coolest shit. Yeah. I like the dude. Like, I mean, I, I get that he was, you know, tricking, like, conning people and sending them to mental institutions to be murdered. But to be fair, he wasn't that much morally worse. Than yeah. Suki and the heiress because they were planning to do the same thing too. The only difference was that they um they were redeemed by love. They also weren't prepared we're... to kill anyone. Um, yeah. And I think for him, he's a very well, complicated character. Or at least not. They weren't intending. If they had to kill someone, they probably would have. But yeah. I don't think they were deliberately. I mean, for me. Duke is a very complex character because he comes from a very poor background and he's just trying to be on his Sigma male grind set, in mm. effect. Yeah. Um, I, that's, yeah. I, I, I like the Duke because mm. he ended up being more nuanced than I was expecting. Yes, he mm. is very nuanced. Yeah. He's got a lot of... Yeah. Like, he isn't doing this because he's evil. He's doing this because he wants something better. And in that situation dealt to him, this is the only way he sees to be able to do it. He's um, ambitious. He's ambitious. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, so he's he's an interesting character. And he's also like, it's interesting for me because you've got the uncle who is very clearly kind of the, the ultimate misogynist. The final boss of misogyny kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then you've got the Duke who is still in his way a misogynist but in a very a much more mild way in a much more subtle way which i think is far more um i guess interesting to watch if that makes sense it doesn't make him better yeah like he but it's yeah he has this weird way where he does sort of uh see the heiress as an equal um of an equal partner in the scheme just as intelligent just as conniving as he is um he just has, and that's what he just has real fucked yeah. up ideas about sex because then he tries to rape her, uh, and the end is like, yeah. ah, don't worry, you'll, you'll be fine, you'll love it, whatever. Um, and she's yeah. like, no, why would you think that? And it's like, oh, I heard that women love it when they fo- when it's forced on them. Yeah. She's like, who the f- fucking said that? A woman? Yeah, I feel like the Duke is kind of like the man, the men who I think at their core want to do right um, by at least women, but have internalized so much of that societal conditioning about how mm. men and women should interact that he just doesn't recognize. And that doesn't make him good, by the way. I'm not trying, to, for the people at home, I'm not trying to excuse that. But I think it is an interesting, like, portrayal of that as, like, he just he just has internalized too much of this fucking BDSM porn. And he has no, like right way of relating to women anymore mm. <laughs> in that in like in a sexual manner like he's just so removed from what like good sex would actually look like yeah with people needs to yeah. touch grass 
He does need to go outside and touch grass. Mm. I like I, I like that his like, ambition, is... like when he was saying, like, like this isn't about money. Uh, do you know what my real goal is? I want to order something from the menu and not look at the price. I liked that was a yes. very poetic sort of goal. Yes. I I, th- I saw it that the count was immoral, whereas the duke was amoral. Like for um for the. Uh, the the count he was kind of like a sado masochist so um like inflicting pain was part of the fun whereas the duke he was he was ready to murder suki but the part of the reason he wanted to murder her was that so she didn't have to keep living and well that's how he put it was so that she didn't have to live in the madhouse mm. and like the the count he's he, he was like i think he was born rich so he didn't really have the excuse of having to like struggle and uh like trick other people in order to get where he where he did whereas the duke did he yeah. like he, he was he was a street urchin himself and he had he had to live this doggy dog lifestyle in order to get where he was yeah so he kind of had his moral issues forced upon him whereas the duke yeah. as whereas uncle willingly picked them mm. like that yeah, was just exactly. his he was just a billionaire like with no relation to humanity anymore <laughs> with Pretty just much. um he just cuts off people's fingers and dicks and gives women to octopuses and <laughs> generally just reads a lot of weird fan fiction where guys get hung at the end and all that kind of stuff it was also um, uh i also picked the duke as uh he didn't hold any ill will uh to the countess uh also when he realized he'd been played he was just kind of yeah. like ah you got me uh, yeah. he's he seems like he's, the person he's... who, if there was a sinking ship, um, he and his best friends, like there's one life raft, he goes like, all right, may the best man win, and he'll punch them in the face to go and get to the life raft. If he gets it, he's like, ah, oh, well, I guess I won. If he doesn't get it, he'll be like, ah, oh, well, I guess they won. Like, he wouldn't... Yeah, he'll that's... step over people, but he expects he... people to step over him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he f- and, and when he went out, he went out and... and... A surprisingly dignified matter. He did. So, yeah. yeah. I like when he's... Because the whole movie, whenever he smokes, you see that he has these two blue yeah. cigarettes. Um, and he he never elaborates on what they are. You just see that he's constantly smoking. And every time he gets it out, there's two blue cigarettes. And it's always, it's always enough there where you're like, okay, I the, the movie has deliberately shown me this fact. Mm. What is the point of these cigarettes? And then when he's been captured by the hired goons um, and he's being driven and he's like, do you guys mind if I smoke? And they're like, yeah, sure. And he takes every single normal cigarette out of his container mm-hmm. and smokes them all at once. Like he's the spy from TF2 in that meme with all the cigarettes <laughs> in his mouth. Um, and because he wants there to only be those two blue ones left because they're filled with mercury. And so if he were to smoke them, he would die and kill anyone in the room with him, which is what he ends up doing, which is kind of like a you, cool foreshadowing thing. Yeah, because he could have smoked, smoked the Mercury one in the car and just killed himself, yeah. but he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to take him down as well. So I'm going to kill you as well. I need to force him to give me the poison cigarettes. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned it, he actually had a lot in common with the spy from TF2. He did in ways. <laughs> I was never really on your side. (laughs) I could see the two of them getting along incredibly well. 
Because they have the same kind of, like, appreciation of the finer things. The same sort of lack of morals, but their own standards. And the same... The same backup kind of plans to go to go out with dignity, like they they they're basically the same character, almost. Like, yeah, it'll. I guess in a lot of ways, yeah. Except he's not a, um, I guess a over the top comedy French guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but and also, I feel like moments. the spy talks a big. The spy doesn't talk a big game. He just has a big game. Duke talked a big game, and I guess he could kind of follow it through, but I don't think he was quite as cool as he thought he was. Like, there's a line that fucking gets me every time, where he's talking to the uncle, and the uncle's kind of like, can you really pick up chicks, like, super well, like like an alpha kind of thing? And he's just kind of like, um, he's like, could you pick up my house, like, my head of the, you know, my house stuff, who's like a middle-aged kind of cold woman sort of thing and he just goes like if I date with the right look she would knock on my door at night with no underwear on <laughs> and I just thought that was the cheesiest fucking like performing masculinity line you've ever seen bro I fuck so much puss uh, I fuck so much puss bro and he was like uh, if I wanted to I could have everyone except one of the women uh, in this house and he's like yes okay who's that then yeah, it's um. Who was the one? It was the lady, right? I I assume it was the the countess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was the it was um the heiress because heiress. Yeah. I'm guessing she was meant to be a lesbian. It wasn't like made clear, but I assume that's the reason she was never either either that or Suki was a special soulmate, someone, and she never felt anything about anyone like that before. Entirely it was, possible. Um, it was almost a little strange, and I kind of liked that the film didn't actually say much about uh, homosexuality. Uh, it was never like a barrier or an issue that many characters brought up. Like, oh, we can't be doing this. Uh, we're the same gen. Uh, we're two women. We can't be fucking each other. Everyone, like, even the uh, the Duke was like, "Yeah, seduce her. Fucking, we need that for this plan. Go ahead. This is great." Um, yeah, they uh, Suki does need to disguise herself as a man at the end of the film to escape, but that was just more of a disguise sort of thing. There was never any like, "Oh, you disgusting lesbian" type shit. Um, and I, mm. I thought that was actually pretty cool. It was sort of a. It reminded me of the whole thing where homosexuality between men has often been historically illegal, but between women, it was never considered illegal because it wasn't considered possible. Um, <laughs> because all of the writers of the laws were men, and they're like, how the hell does two women fuck? Where's the penis? Yeah, it would be. Um, I'd, I'd be curious to know what, um, like, the sort of what the social stigma around that kind of thing in um, in Korea at that time was. Like, if there was a stigma, or if it was more like accepted. I imagine it wasn't. Or, or the, if it just. Yeah. I imagine it wasn't like a. Uh, you could be openly out, but it's just you'd be regarded as like two spinsters who are best friends and live together and do everything together, and no one really asks that many questions, and they seem to be happy enough together. They don't seem to be interested in men. Oh, well, I guess. But no one really puts two and two together. When I, when I was, like, I don't know, 10 or something, or 11, 12, I can't remember exactly, my parents watched this, were watching this show called Tipping the Velvet, 
It was a um, it's like a BBC series about to about a, a woman in um in Victorian England and all her lesbian adventures. And of course, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I would sneak I'd sneak out of my room and like <laughs> sit in the would. hallway and watch it from behind. Uh, and that's that's kind of a lot. What this kind of reminded me of a, a bit from my, my vague memories of that about these like the the lesbian adventures of a cockney girl across england um yeah you know what uh struck me the most at the beginning of this movie what what how british it felt like it it just felt it felt like despite the fact that it was that everyone was speaking korean it was korean it just felt exactly like watching uh like british period piece with lesbians thrown in but um like up until where they got into the all the stuff with like the Japanese pornography and octopuses and everything, like up until that point, it felt exactly like a gothic BBC um, period piece, uh, and it just it just like I, it was just had overwhelming aura of Britishness, which I just did not expect. I don't know if I've exp- if you did anyone else get what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's because it's based on a British story. At the end yeah. of the day, like it's that's kind of what it's rooted in, and um, I think uh, a lot of the I read I tried to read the book about this. By the way, mm-hmm. um, it's it's not bad, but it's dry. Uh, dry. Uh, I don't know. I found it. I just don't think I'm when I read. I don't like to read stuff like what this book was it seemed like a great book like i just wasn't it wasn't grabbing me it also was probably the fact that i knew what was going to happen that i was sort of like uh i don't know um but it is from a beats perspective it looks very similar and yeah that's entirely based in victoria england so and there is the whole like uh i guess japanese i don't know how much uh other uh, east asian countries were like this in the time but there was a lot of like Japanese tr- trying to emulate European powers to build their empire and uh, to become a, a global power. So there was a lot of like fetishization of like Dutch studies was mm. a big thing in Japan. So uh, it's not too much of a stretch to imagine they're trying to emulate uh, what they see as the most powerful nation on earth, which is at the time England. Um, so everyone is trying to dress like the British, act like the British, uh, drink tea and all that shit um, to as like a status thing. It's just, it's just funny how like the char- like the character tropes were so sim like the like you got the the, the sort of like the, the street gangs who felt so cockney despite being Korean kind of thing and yeah. and just the high society was so much like like British aristocracy it just it's just like they it just felt so I don't know you just expect especially in the past you expect like the other side of the world to feel just just feel foreign but just didn't feel foreign i i, I don't know how to, how i'm it felt very familiar yeah I, think... I don't know it just it's just i feel like there's like other cultures with like white people in them that feel more foreign than this did yes if that makes any sense yeah i do think there was that fetish um that kind of like japan was looking to Kind of. This was at a period of history in Japan where it was trying to look more outward 
to what the rest of the world was doing. But also, I found it really interesting that um, the Koreans wanted to be... The Koreans kind of looked up to Japanese culture and resented it in a way, in some way, shape or form. But the Japanese wanted to be British. Like, it's, there was, like, no one, it's like a love triangle kind of thing where no one wants each other. Like, um, so it's, um, yeah, I thought that was fun. But also, I think one of the reasons why Korean cinema impacts the West so well compared to other Asian mediums is because Korea is very westernized Mm. in a lot of ways. It's the closest to a Western culture you'll probably get in Asia. Um, in terms of just how it goes about everything, which makes a lot of its media and its ideas relatable to us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as foreign as other, I guess, Asian countries, in a way. in a, Not perfectly, I'm not saying they're exactly the same, but mm, it's yeah. one of the reasons why I think the cinema transfers so well. Because, like, I watch a Chinese movie, and it's like, I love Chinese cinema, but it's often very silly. Like, oh, it seems very silly to me, and I don't get the impression that's how it's meant to come across. Right. Just through my cultural lens, it seems silly. And I'm not calling it silly, by the way. I like do like a lot of it. But it's um, it seems so, like, corny at times and cheesy. But I think it's meant to be taken a lot more straight in China than that. Mm. And um, But it doesn't translate as well over. And we've already discussed how it's... anime doesn't always do that well. Mm. it's funny the the scene that like struck me as like the biggest kind of culture shock in this movie actually turned out to be straight from the british novel anyway yeah which was the the tooth grinding scene i was like what the fuck is this like who do do people actually do this just like grind down their teeth when they bite their when they when they bite their cheek what what the fuck i I guess that must have been like a, a time yeah, it would okay, have been a time I, I, thing. I, I, I don't think people do that now. Than... Yeah, but it's funny because I thought that was like a weird Korean thing, but it actually turns out that was from the original British novel. Yeah. Um, no one was more fucked with the British when it comes to doing stupid shit for <laughs> to make for seemingly no good reason. <laughs> but I just I just thought that was really funny that that was also meant to be like the first sexual like tension scene, hmm. like we were meant to be experiencing like the. The beginnings of a like a a budding romance, um, a budding romance, a sexually charged budding romance. But it's what we got to hear this like tooth grinding noise in the background. Uh, that was that was like the the first weird moment I thought. Hmm. I liked it the was, uh, uh, moment when uh, the the heiress. Uh, goes to hang herself and at the last second gets caught by Suki. Uh, and it's such a... That's probably my favorite scene in the movie of like how heartfelt they're finally being honest with each other. It's like, why are you fucking doing this? Just let me die. I have nothing to live for. I've been fucking with you this entire time. I'm the bad guy. She's like, what? And then in a moment of rage, because she realizes the Duke had like tricked her, she lets go of uh, the heiress and starts swearing and stamping her feet, and then she just drops and starts actually choking while she's screaming. And it's just a yeah. nice little panic, <laughs> funny moment. I think that moment. was my favorite scene as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh shit, so, and it catches her again. 
It's like, and I'm not going to apologize to you because you also tried to backstab me. It's kind of yeah. like, we've both done some pretty shitty things to each other. Mm. So we're just going to call it even us... and move on. We're gonna call... That, that kind of just makes them all the more perfect for each other. Because yeah. they're both the kind of person that would throw, throw someone into a... Yeah, they're both like, um, we can't be too mad at each other. Else. But you don't know who we can be mad at. The Duke. <laughs> yes. They've got even more in common than they thought. <laughs> yeah. I did like the last scene of the Duke where he's like breathing in really heavily yeah. um, the mercury smoke mm. um, and it kind of cuts to him on the boat and he's like because um, he's they they escape the the house of the uncle via boat like a rowboat and it cuts back to that scene and he kind of notices all the details that he missed that would have told him this he's like noticing exactly where she's looking she's not looking at me she's looking past me like they're holding each other's hands and he's kind of just like oh that this was never gonna work out kind of thing like, oh that's um, what it meant i was a bit confused by yeah. the whole robot ah! bit yeah well he's i think he's also just reflecting a little bit on i think that's ultimately what he truly wanted because that's he, what i thought yeah i thought this was meant to be some kind of like fantasy moment where like he has this kind of like fantasy where all, all three of them get away together. Yeah. I think the reason uh, why the Duke was able to be fooled was because I think he genuinely wanted to. Because the whole time there's this pretense of like, we're just doing this to, for, so I can get rich and so you can be free, right? It's like a business transaction. But the Duke clearly likes her and has always liked her. Um, and he even tries to shoot his shot. Um, after they put Suki in a mental institution and it's just like, how about we actually get married? Like, how about that? Um, and I think in that moment, it's him kind of being like, I've, you know, I thought I wanted to be rich, but what I really wanted was, I guess, someone like her, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then also just realizing that he never had it. Like he just, he had blinded himself to the, to what was happening in front of him. Because he was, I think, hoping that they would end up together, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I'm not going to see the romance playing out in front of me because I i don't want to, because I want to, I want to date her. Yeah, you know? it was, it was a, I got the impression... it was a pretty cool, like, top 10 anime death sort of, like, falling into a white <laughs> void and you're like, ah, you played me, kid. Good job. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, I didn't actually know what I wanted. Uh, they was right in front of me this entire time. Ah. My bad. And then... Yeah. And then he explodes. Yeah. The sun explodes. Um, the sun explodes. I got the impression he liked her because he thought she was as ruthless as he was. Yeah, he did respect that about her. I think he did. I think that's kind of the thing why he doesn't dislike them or, like, resent them when they betray him. Mm. Because to him, he respects that ruthless climbing of the ladder. He respects the hustle. that's what he yeah. does. Yeah. And so to him, this was just okay, this is finally my turn to be hustled. Like, he doesn't... Yeah, yeah. He's at peace with that. Um, I do like when... Because so the scene where she drugs him... So, like, they're in a hotel together, and um, the heiress drugs his wine with opium. And with then, the, um, so it's with the same opium that uh, he'd given her at the start. He's like, I'm going to give you the yes. most valuable thing I have, this little vial of... Well, I don't know if it was opium. I thought it was like... Um, yeah, it was opium. Okay. It was opium. Uh, and it's like, one drop will put you to sleep if you ever need it. Uh, three drops would drop a horse. The whole thing will kill you. This is yours. Yeah. This is your escape if you ever need it. Yes. Rather than the basement. Mm. 
Yeah. And so, and she uses it instead to knock him out. And he won't drink the wine. Not because he suspects anything, but just because he's, like, he wants to fuck. He's horny. And he doesn't really want to drink wine. And so she has to, like, drink it herself and feed it to him like a bird. (laughs) And he's like, like, ah, yeah, this is hot. Hell yeah. And he's like, this is so hot. And she's like, she, like, keeps, like motioning meaningfully to the wine she's drinking and she's like mm, yeah cheers you want to drink this you want to drink this and he's like not really <laughs> he's, i think i just want to have sex and he's like ah but the wine um the wine yeah and then he waits if he wasn't so horny he probably would have yeah uh, yeah this is just the horny that kills you in the, the end the horny to get him and when he oh, wakes no, up no 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 it's Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was say, when he wakes up and he doesn't have pants on and the goons are there <laughs> and he's just like, could you go get those for me? <laughs> like referring to his pants like across the room. Yeah, like he probably would have um, clued into the whole suspiciousness of her wanting him to drink the wine if he wasn't so horny. Yeah. So the horny killed him, but ironically, the horny saved Suki and the Duchess. Yes. The um, They were saved by the horny. They were. I guess it's just that different relation to sex like for him sex is like a power thing but for them it's not Mm. and i think i as much as i am weary of the constant everything being so hetero all the time i do also don't particularly like the i i i want more than heterosexuality bad which i feel like sometimes this movie pushes towards like i don't like glorifying queer relationships too much because it's not very healthy in my opinion yeah it's having i don't really get that vibe to be honest Mm. it's missing the point of uh like a lot of uh, queer stuff is het bad gay is the escape but that's not what gay is it's that gay should be uh an an option gay is not bad it's not that gay is better than yes and i don't i feel like the movie itself doesn't say that but I found it quite easy to project into that, and I feel like I wouldn't be the only one. Am I unreasonable in that? I think that'd be a fairly easy reading to make. Yeah. Um, Personally, I didn't really get that, but maybe it's because I'm used to people... I'm, I'm used to some things making that point much more explicitly, so when, when it's not, like, shouted in your face, it, it seems like, oh, this is... No, not that I think that they were trying to make... I don't really think they were trying to make that point at all, but, you know, if you've been on Tumblr for a few years, where you get the, like, kind of... Every, every, everybody's character is wearing a Down With Sis t-shirt, and you get and you get death threats for shipping straight, straight ships, um, then you're used to... You, you come accustomed to people saying hetero bad very, very explicitly. So when they're not saying it explicitly, you don't, you don't think they think that. And I don't think the people that made this yeah. movie thought that. Um, I I would agree. Yeah. One one of the things that, like, um, I think if they were going for hetero bad or men bad, I think the Duke's character would be less, a lot less dignified. Yes. Personally, I think he would be a lot less complex if that was the point. But it's also, I guess, but there is an underlying theme of, um, I think. There's an underlying kind of misogyny bad for sure, which is fine. Like I don't have a problem mm. with that. Um, but I guess it's also that how everyone. This is about how everyone relates to sex, in my opinion. Like, because every character here relates to sex in a very different way. For the Duke, it's a bit of a power thing. 
like um it's a bit of a like oh this is kind of me being a man and kind of taking what i want sort of thing but like for him that's kind <laughs> of romanticized a little bit mm. for the uncle he is at least more honest in how ruthlessly perverted he is and for him it's more like i think for him what he imagines sex to be is far more fulfilling than anything sex could actually be for him. Yeah, because that he, makes sense. It's yeah, never sure. sort of stated that he's yeah. incapable of having sex or anything. He just seems to prefer yeah. this voyeuristic style. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, for him, like what he doesn't really want to have sex with the heiress. He wants to hear about other people having sex with her. Yeah. Like, that's what he wants. And he's like, is it this? And was she this? Was she the coy maiden? Like, what role did she play? And it's this very, like, fictionalized version of sex, which um, I think is something that a lot of guys, particularly nowadays, and girls as well, in... um, Definitely girls as well. (laughs) Girls as well. I, I shouldn't be too gendered here. But I guess in today's age of extremely available porn... I find that that is becoming more prominent in the younger generation. Like with my work with them is this kind of very sort of everyone has a sort of almost character role to play and it doesn't really work like that. Mm. Um, And so I think that's kind of where the uncle goes wrong. But for the... That's murdering people. Yeah. But for Eris and Suki, they just genuinely unabashedly want each other. Mm. Um, And I think I think that's ultimately what this movie is trying to say that like that's the only kind of sustainable kind of pollution free almost or like the, I guess a more ideal way of doing it mm. which doesn't have to be true but I think it's you know it's worth mentioning that I think that's what it's trying to go for I think that the only scene... uh, one way that it could alleviate the he- bad part is we don't actually see a healthy uh, hetero relationship in the movie no, we never um, do. <laughs> if we, but it's only like a yeah. If we'd seen like, I don't know, maybe the uh, her grandmother um, had been like had some doddering old uh, grandfather, and maybe they were just like bickering and all part of the sort of thieves guild type shit, but otherwise like loved each other and were chill. That might have been a relationship for Suki to look up to, because she did also look up to her mum. Uh, and she's like, what hap- What was my mum like? Like, oh yeah, when she went to the gallows, she was like, fuck you. Uh, you di- It's not that you caught me. Uh, I. They think that I stole once and then uh, I got hung. I stole a billion times from you and you only got me for the one. I fucking won. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's necessary for them to have, like, to explicitly have to say, um, like, head is okay like i i think we should be mature enough to be like okay they're, they're showing a good example of something mm. without a similarly it's kind of like it seems like it's like you were having a movie of all like black people and then like where's the good white character and it's like so long as you're not like saying oh white people are all bad and never challenging it it's all right you don't need to you don't need to like explicitly say, "Oh, white people are all right." Just so long as you're not like, uh, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I do. I, I don't think we need to be. I don't think we need to be constantly saying yes, but yeah. so long as we're not saying. Like we can say we can say apples and ice without saying, but oranges are okay as well. Like, like so long as we're not saying like. Apples are great and oranges suck. Yeah. We don't have to say, yeah, you get what I'm saying. 
I do. Um, I think there's just a lot of for this in, for me in particular. Um, there's a lot of I think projection going on with this, uh, in general, because uh, I've got a lot of personal stuff around this going on at the moment, and I think that comes out in this a little bit in this particular reading of it, um, which and I guess that's how we consume art. Because so, yeah, I think that's yeah. sort of why I didn't really read the film as saying much about um, uh, hetero or uh, homo relations um, and like uh, gender sort of stuff like that. It was more just about uh, sexuality and romance of here are bad ways, here are the evils of sexuality and here are the virtues of sexuality. Uh, It wasn't saying that being gay is bad. It's saying being a fucking monster pervert, being a murderer, being an asshole is bad love is the way um it, it didn't really almost touch on like is gay good or not it was like no just don't be fucked up and love your partner and have a wonderful time the only th- scene that it um like in this movie regarding sexuality that made me uncomfortable was when they were destroying all that pornography like i get that in the <laughs> context of the movie that porn was used as like a tool to abuse and <laughs> subjugate her so like in that context it was um, meant to be a sort of like a liberating, vengeful, like a positively vengeful and liberating scene. But I was just like, no! Yeah, I was a bit like that too. That's history! <laughs> that's precious pornographic history! Yeah. <laughs> Archiving yeah. is important! It's saved the, li- <laughs> save the library! <laughs> Pretty Have much. your moments, but please! Yeah, that- <laughs> Yeah, I, that, that's the only scene that made me just. Oh. Yeah, it's um. There was something a bit sad about that as well because it was like, yeah, I get that this is very emotionally cathartic for you, but also like, I feel like this is, like, I don't know. This is putting it's all very. This is gonna fuck us in two hundred years when we're gonna try and read into all of, uh, look for yeah. early examples of pornography and history, and we're not gonna find anything because these two lesbians destroyed it all. Yes. Yeah, when, um, actually, when of like when he was mentioning each of the uh, each of the porn books um, at the in the middle of the movie, I was looking them up to try and find that they were real, and I couldn't find any. And then at the end, I was like, "Oh, I guess that's why I can't find." Them. <laughs> yes, because they were destroyed yeah. uh, by two crazy lesbians. No, so um, okay, I liked also so- the the final shot of the film where they're escaping on the uh, on the ship. Uh, and they pull out uh, the uh, the two like clanging balls. I think they're Benoit balls. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, and then they do the do, and you can and the film just like shows the ship passing in the night, and you hear the cling mm. cling cling. Yes. <laughs> the thing about that is those balls, those beads, were the same ones used to be the heiress. Yeah. Um, early on, and so it's kind of like a reclaiming sort of thing. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, a nice little symbolism thing there. I, I like one thing I've got to mention at some point is the aesthetic of this film was incredible. It was gorgeous. Yes, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, like that. That's one of the things that I just love about period pieces: just the costumes and the, are just nice. <laughs> it is. This, this was. This gorgeous. was no exception. Yeah. Yeah. This guy always. I love the hairstyle. Yeah, the hairstyles were cool. This yeah. guy always makes beautiful stuff. Uh, well, another thing I found funny was that, like, in the first layer of the movie, which was from Suki's perspective, 
we're led to believe that she's like a very kind of street smart um like she she's she's very street smart and like worldly and she's the one who's pulling who's like uh pulling one over on the heiress but then we move to the heiresses um to the heiress's perspective and we realized that she was actually chosen because she's a bit of an idiot and I, I, I thought that was kind of funny that the character we're like led to believe is um is this is like the what the smart one is actually a dit like a a bit of a ditz hmm. and, and she's the sort of the she she's the like we're we're initially meant to think it's like a street street smart girl and like this innocent heiress who knows nothing about the world is just like her her innocent doll who the who the um. Hello, Korean Cockney is gonna educate and save from the world, but it's actually this like um cold but she's actually this cold um ice queen and this is her like ditzy little maid who <laughs> is just charmingly idiotic and she can't help maid. but fall for it. Yeah, exactly. That was the word I was looking for, bimbo. Yeah. So Yeah. Alright. It is very yeah. Right. Do you have anything to say about that, Goldie? Oh no. Yeah, I I thought it was uh, funny how we see the change in perspective um, of every time that she thought, "Oh my God, the Duke is abusing her." It's actually like uh, they're both super in on it, and they're just kind of watching uh, Suki from the outside, going like, "God, is she ever gonna figure this out?" It's, we're fucking, we're just fucking with her at, the, with her at this point. Um, the change in perspective was cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like it reminded me of um, Kill a Kill, actually. Just the oh, did um, it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, um, because um, like the, the the like um sidekick character in that is just an absolute idiot. Like a like a, she's a like a lower class um kind of slum. Uh, she's like a, a slum girl. And she's an absolute idiot, but the main character kind of perhaps ends up falling in love with her despite it. Like, partially in, in part because she's such a good-natured idiot. And that's kind of what this made me think of. Hmm. I mean, I mean, at the, to be fair, though, I mean, she wasn't as dumb as the Duke thought she was because she, she was one of the characters who ended up, um, like, uh, pulling one over on him. So he yes. underestimated her. yes. Everyone underestimated everyone in this. Mm. Yeah. And this whole movie is everyone coming to terms with that. There is more to us than meets the eye. Yes, yes indeed. Dun, 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 dun. All right. I think I'm pretty much good with everything. I don't think I have anything else to cover. Does anyone else have anything? No, my final thoughts is that it was... I would give this uh, four, maybe four and a half stars out of five. Four and a half. Yeah, That's was, pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a... Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would be prepared to watch it again if I have three hours to spare. <laughs> I would recommend my mom to watch it if I ever find a way to get it to her. And I would. Re- I think it was visually gorgeous. It was. Um, it was surprising for sure. Um, it was surprisingly heartwarming as well. I would. I was very. I was glad I watched this film. Okay, excellent. Goldie, any closing thoughts for you? Yeah, I had a good time. It's not my normal fare. Um, 
averting my eyes when these two women are exploring their sexuality. Oh, you, you two, you two have a wonderful time. I'll just be over here. Uh, you, you guys have fun. Um, but yeah, it was good. I liked the twist. I liked. Uh, I think I liked the Duke the most because of his honor among thieves sort of style um, and how he killed the um, the count in the end. Um, yeah, yeah, I had a good time. Hmm. Okay, wonderful. I think I enjoyed this the second time around as well. This was just as fun the second time around, um, which, you know, is not to be taken for granted for the things that I seem to bring here. Um, so I, I did very much enjoyed this. I do own this as a physical media if you guys wanted to borrow it at any point um, for any kind of rewatches or anything, because it's very hard to find in that. It didn't get a big release. Yeah. yeah. I, I was trying to find it on every, um, like, streaming services just not there yeah um it's not this isn't the easiest thing in the world to watch on at least if you're in australia i suspect it would probably be easier if you were in some other countries mm. so with all of that in mind let's wrap up here what are you introducing us to next week goldie uh or next month i'm still sort of deciding at the moment if i'm perfectly ah. honest i think I got, I got like two or three that i'll discuss with you guys um but we can dub over my response here with whatever I actually did choose, which was... Robot Wars. Which will be fantastic. Ah, yes, that will be fantastic. Yep. So, um, let's... <laughs> In the meantime, uh, please like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you need to do on your particular app of choice for listening to this. Yep, uh, apparently, most people, most people listen to this on the PC, apparently. Oh, um, you can know that. Which is interesting. Yeah, I was surprised about that. Surprisingly few mobile players. Hmm. Um, but anyway... Yeah, just by all means, rate, review, subscribe, all that. Uh, drop us an email at hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. What was that, that again? Hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. And possibly again, just in case, hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. See ya.